nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Kareem Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Hello and welcome to the Managing Madrid podcast. We're recording this on Sunday morning in a beautiful park in Madrid, the day after another classical loss. And joining me to break this down is Eduardo Alvarez, our new writer, former ESPN columnist. Welcome. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm good. I feel like we we talked at least half hour off air about the game. I don't yes. know if there's anything left to talk about in front of other people in the, no, the podcast. No, there's plenty. There's plenty to discuss. Um, I, I'm curious to know your thoughts from the Wednesday game yep. to last night's game. Yeah. Was your when you were watching it? Did you feel different? Oh yes, I, I think it was obvious that Barcelona adjusted. Um, they did pretty badly on Wednesday, and they knew that they had to change things. And they they openly said that after the match yesterday. Valverde mentioned that they needed to adjust the way uh, Real Madrid had pressed them and how free Vinicius had been for, for most of the first half and how many chances he enjoyed. So they did just that. They, they opened Sergi Roberto in every play that Vinicius got the ball. So that, that made things a lot more difficult for him. And they, they changed the way they, they uh, build up the play from, from, from the start. And that's probably the biggest difference because most of the chances Real Madrid created in, on Wednesday were off stolen steals, uh, mistakes by Barcelona, and that that wasn't there last night. We didn't enjoy pretty much any 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 balls like that. They dealt with the press better. Yes. Um, I, although the second half, I felt there was definitely there were definitely waves where Barcelona had was uncomfortable. I think when you when you when you zoom out and you look at the fact that Barcelona have won an infinity amount of times against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu, yep. um, and then the 1-0, that will kind of change your perception. This is complete domination. But if you look at at least the second half, just in a vacuum, Barcelona didn't look that comfortable. And I think that was the there was that probably like, I don't know, half of the second half, where I never felt that Real Madrid were going to score. But at least I felt at least they're making Barcelona more uncomfortable than they were in the first yep. half. I mean, the, the most frustrating thing about this this spell is that Barcelona aren't actually that good. No. They've been beating us every single match. And they won. Uh, we can talk about luck, but I mean, we don't have a finisher, and, and that's probably why they won on Wednesday. But yesterday, they the, the most damning thing from the Barcelona perspective to me, even though they won, is that they didn't know how to manage the, the lead. They, they And this, for a Barcelona team who's built on on having possession and dominating the ball and they spent at least half an hour in the second half with the lead and just not knowing how to manage it, losing the ball, um, not not making correct decisions in offense and that's what opened things up for us and, and kept us still thinking that we could maybe draw the game. But but again this is not an impressive Barcelona side and, and the fact that they had they have defeated at these these two matches 
with pretty much no participation from Messi. Yeah. Messi is yeah. Messi has run some some plays, uh, but he was better t last night than he was on Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. More yes. involved. I think like, but but I mean to to your point, Barcelona didn't do much. The problem is they didn't need to do much to get past this Real Madrid team who did less. That's the thing. Yes. And when and I and I was looking at the Wednesday game, and I was up until the collapse when Suarez scores the first goal. Yeah. I was impressed with the performance. Yes. There was a regression in this game for reasons you mentioned that Valverde also mentioned that you know they adjusted, they dealt with certain things better, they talked about it, they are better prepared. Yeah. Real Madrid also created less in this game, um, which is ironic because the, the, the scoreline wasn't as bad for them. But I thought there were also moments, I mean I was at this game because you sacrificed your ticket to me, <laughs> <laughs> but there was this, I think there was, there may have, been something in Vinicius' head a little bit because he got himself into good positions and he had the ball so much on the left side looking at whether it was Piquet on Wednesday it was Semedo last night it was against Sergio Roberto and it seemed like he started to overthink things a little bit and every time he had a chance to shoot you could feel this collective yes. sigh in the stadium and I think that hits him yes they're like oh my god he's gonna shoot again and none of his shots were I mean, there was one in the second half that that was deflected by by Lenglet, and, and that yeah. was going in. Yeah. Painfully enough, uh, the thing is, it's impossible for any 18-year-old not to get things in his head when you've enjoyed that many chances and and you haven't been able to convert, and that that's become something that people are discussing all the time, even even though. It's been discussed in a, in a much nicer way than, than I see it, because people tend to think that he'll learn how to finish. And I, I do believe that he will learn how to choose better the place in which he's going to go 100%, mm. like Messi does now, uh, 10 years, 12 years after he started. Um, but I don't think he's going to become a fantastic finisher. He will, he will know better when to pass and when to shoot, and that will bring us a lot of goals indeed. But he's not going to score 25-30 goals uh, a season because scorers are scorers since they played in high school and it's very rare that a player that is not scoring week in and week out suddenly learns how to finish. And his basics are good, but it's, it's still a, a matter of that's not what he, uh, who he is as a player. Can, I, can, dribbler, I, can yeah. I bring a counter-argument to yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Uh, Iguain was very frustrating when we first signed him with his chances. <laughs> he, he went on to and, become pretty clinical. Are you suggesting that he's changed? <laughs> Look, I mean, he, ha he has his he has his moments where you know, especially <laughs> no, I, in big games. I but take, if you, I if, take your point. Or, but, or this is a very maybe unfair example, but yes. Raúl, at the very first. No, Raúl was a scorer since he was twelve. He's got like a hundred goals. This is true. He had a lot of records in the no, league. Okay. He was, I retract, Raul. Um, I also think that with Vinicius, he probably doesn't even need to be that big of a goal scorer Agreed. if he's not no, the I focal point, right? Yes. Because he has the creative weapon. He has yes. 12 assists this season. Mind you, I think seven yes. of them are in the Copa, so that skews things a little bit. But if he can, like I was looking at Arkan Robben's stats, yes. and he scored, his his best year was like 18 or 20 goals. Yes, it could be. If, that, Robin, yes, if he right. has that kind of output plus his assists, he'll be fine. I don't think he needs to he score needs like Ronaldo. He needs to find his Robben his Robin play. 
the 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 thing that Robin goes left the cutting with his lead cutting yeah. in and then sh shoots. Yeah, Vinicius doesn't have that yet. Yeah, and, and that's that's a go-to play that even though the defender knows what you're gonna do, yeah. <laughs> you end up doing it anyway. Yeah, but I was gonna pick up something you said about yeah, Vinicius was one of of the main changes. Not only because Barcelona did things better, but but also because he, he it felt like he was indeed a, a bit more shy or hesitant when when having to make a decision uh, offensively. Hmm. But there's also that Real Madrid didn't do any adjustments. Uh, Barcelona changed a few things after the Wednesday match, and you cannot go uh, to play the same team in after four days and apply exactly the same recipe because they're going to react. And we had nothing to offer. Solari had nothing prepared to change from what they done on, on Wednesday. No new player on the... Uh, it is Bale for, for Vasquez. Mm -hmm. But that's hardly a surprise because Bale will play pretty much in the same position and offering a bit more in offense, a bit less in defense. But there was nothing else that changed to surprise Barcelona. Formation, tactics, nothing. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's actually pretty damning for a coach because... It, it's expected that the opposition will react if you outplay them, which is what happened on Wednesday, even though they lost. Uh, and, and you need to bring something to the table. There was, uh, as any time when Real Madrid lose like this, there's this, almost, it almost gets to the point that's a bit unhealthy, but there's a discussion about wholesale changes. Yes. Sell this, buy that. And to me, while I think the squad needs changes, there's a clear yeah. transition this year, I also starving a bit for a, for a, a master tactician because you don't need to buy, and I made this point on Twitter yesterday, you don't need to buy Hazard and Mbappe to not lose to Abar 3-0 earlier in the season. Exactly. Or scrape by Uesca. Like, yes. Uesca would love to have just one of our players yes. to have on their team. So that, to me, there is, that's great. Get those players to Real Madrid. It's the biggest club in the world. But there, there has to be some kind of underlying reason that Real Madrid are so inconsistent in La Liga against teams that are clearly inferior to them. This season is the worst because now we're at six home losses, which is hasn't happened yeah. in, I think, 15 years or something. Yeah, with three in a row since 2004. Yeah. yeah. Um, you and I talked a bit about this before the off-air. Um, there did seem last night, especially with the post-game comments by Solari, that there was almost like a foreshadowing of, like, you know, there are certain players on this team that have worked very hard to get us here. But there is also there are players who are also here for the future that we need to yes, work on. Yes, that's probably Solari's biggest legacy, that the, the young players that came from Castilla and, and are doing very well. But the fact is that I think there's been... We had probably one of the best squads I've ever seen in, in La Liga, at least. Uh, yeah. Two seasons ago, this, the the La Liga title-winning season with 16-17. Yeah, yeah. That was as loaded as I've seen. I mean, you could play with the starting eleven or choose the the remaining eleven, and it was still a very very uh, threatening team. And that implied a lot of money in salaries, um, uh, a few unhappy players. You would have that, yeah. but, but you have to deal with that. And we made no effort of keeping that nucleus together. We let James go, we let Morata go, we let... Or Morata wanted to leave and we didn't replace Morata with a similar talent. We didn't replace James with a similar talent. And 
we started losing depth and now and and that's the only liga with one with messi at, at his peak and we have to accept that uh, to to play against messi in la liga uh, the messi's uh, consistency is otherworldly like like ronaldo you need actually. to be almost perfect yes there's no margin you, of error you need to be perfect you need to have a, a lot of depth in in your bench and uh, if you add that that you've lost ronaldo who was kind of the the most similar thing in terms of consistency to Messi, that either you make a significant investment, and I'm not only, not only talking about big names, as you mentioned, Hazard or, or Mbappe, but also um, to get some other well-rounded players that you may, you may know that they will be unhappy if they stay for long on the bench, but that you take that risk, and that's the only way to, to defeat Barcelona in 38 matches, uh, as far as we see now, I, and we don't have that. But we're far from that. We we see we see our bench, and it's just not there. The 16-17 season was amazing, but I think so. This is what to me one of the most underrated and most difficult things in sports is not only winning but sustained winning. Yes. So having a great team that wins trophies one year then naturally you have great players on the bench who are like, okay, we were really important. Now we can go somewhere else and play yeah. if you're not going to play us here. So keeping those players is, is difficult. Um, but also the, the players, the core who have, have won the trophies also need to stay hungry. And yeah. to me, while they have not been impressive on a European level, that's what impresses me about Barcelona over the past decade, is that game in, game out, they just find yes. a way. If they're not playing well, they figure it out. They're motivated, whether it's the Copa del Rey, La Liga, domestically, it's, it's, it's impressive. I, yes. And I, and I wonder, because I, I don't think, based on that train of thought, maybe it's not a huge surprise that Real Madrid's most stand-up players this year are the ones that are hungry, who have not tasted winning yet. Vinicius, Regulon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ceballos hasn't played much lately, but he also has, his, has looked quite good too. Fede Valverde yeah. was phenomenal off the bench last night. Yeah. Maybe you don't play Isco enough, but uh, off the bench last night, Isco also had a certain energy to him. He had some nice one-twos with, with Benzema in the Isco's final third. situation has become su such that he has something to prove. Yeah. <laughs> now he has something to prove. So, But yeah, your point, your point is right. Uh, the, the core that took us to all these, all these victories in Europe uh, is not as hungry as, as they used to. And that's... That's something that is, is it is really hard to to compensate it with young kids on up and coming stars. It's, it's just uh, the way it is, and and that's a huge difference with Barcelona because you see Pique and he's pretty much he's he's even more mature in terms of of, of on the pitch, right? No, I'm not talking about off the pitch, because, uh, but the Barcelona score has evolved in a way that they look even more consistent than they did and our core has probably lost a bit of hunger and that's why there's all this talk about revamping the team and what's going to happen with Marcelo, with Isco, with with Bale obviously, with with Kroos, there, there's, there's talk now about Kroos not being uh, a priority for the club so I, I do expect that there's going to be a full revamp. The thing is I don't think Florentino is ready to spend a lot, a lot, of, t a lot of money and I think that that decision was made when he didn't bring 
Mbappé, he couldn't bring Mbappé. He said, I'm not bringing someone for the sake of it to, and, and spend 150 or 200 million. So I'd rather spend that on the stadium. And that's been a conscious decision and hasn't... Maybe all these defeats with versus Barcelona will make them think about it again. But right now the decision is the money goes to the stadium, not, not to sign social names. It was easy when... It's easy if you're winning to yes. make that decision, right? Of course. When yeah. if the the very likely scenario where Real Madrid doesn't win a single trophy this year, I could see Florentino, you like you know channeling his inner two thousand nine. Yeah. But but to, but when you said yeah. if 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 everything we're hearing is true and there will be a big transition this summer and an exodus with, take your pick, Marcelo Isco, that's also revenue coming in for those players. Yeah. So. To me, to, to me, I I, also, I think it had more to do with also who was available this summer more than two. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. the club spent 160 million this summer, but it was just on players like Vinicius, Courtois, um, Odriozola. It adds up, but I, I just you know maybe you see with Icardi's situation now, who is uh, <laughs> who doesn't is not not as happy as he was last summer. Maybe you know he's he becomes more attainable this summer. I don't know. Um, you and I were talking about Bale. Yes. What did you think of his performance? Well, um, he was pretty anonymous. Yeah. Uh, and and that's that's a lot to say because this was a stage and and a match where he he couldn't afford to be anonymous. Yeah. And uh, he just didn't do much. Uh, I I don't. I'm not saying he wasn't motivated or that he didn't try hard, but. The fact is that he was not associated associated with anything. He didn't add what we're supposed to add over Lucas Vasquez. I mean, we didn't get the defense, and and we didn't get any. No, I saw regression. Any additional offense? Yeah. Yes, we were worse off with Bale than than with Lucas Vasquez, which is something that if you tell me a year ago, I I, I wouldn't have believed. Yeah, and I don't think you would have been alone in that. I when you look at, it's not that he couldn't have gotten involved. Yeah. You know, there's, there's also you could, you could say, well, could he have done more? I think the biggest way, the biggest sign to say he could have, is that you look at Vinicius on the opposite side. Yes, he constantly had the ball, constantly taking players on. Um, yeah. Six shots, not, not great shots, but there involved. The team, the funny thing is, the team has quickly learned how to play with Vinicius, mm. while they've never fully understood how to play with Gareth Bale. And I, I know this is weird to say after six seasons and, and so many goals scored that that have been very, very important. But um, I don't think there's a player that Bale trusts as, as the guy who feeds him in the team, not even Isco. And that's something that's very telling because uh, Vinicius can trust Cross, Modric or even Reguilon to feed him on every five minutes he will get one ball. He will get one chance to... to to do something, and Bale just doesn't. Bale, Bale does his own thing, and if he gets the ball in midfield, he will look up and try, try see if there's a run there. But it's not like he's involved in the in the general flow of the team, and that's become even more more evident now that he's not in shape or mentally a hundred percent. Yeah, and and I like the point that you brought up off air before we start recording. How you know how Bale will choose his spots yes you know um, can you the way you ordered yes, it was way better uh, 
it, it is a question of when, when players mature, and, and Messi is an ex excellent example of this, uh, they tend to pick their spots a lot better during the match than when they're young. When they're young, like Vinicius is, is, is the opposite example. Vinicius yeah. tries on every play to make the play of the game. Yeah. And that and that brings you a lot of happiness or emotion or but it's probably not the, the smartest thing to do when when you want to be uh, ready for 90 minutes instead of instead of making uh, scoring a goal in every play and Messi has evolved Messi when he was 18 20 would would participate a lot more in, in matches in in the final third and would score even less percentually mm. now he only appears when he sees the chance and seizes it by the scruff of the neck and scores. And that's something that um, Vinicius has to learn. And Bale, Bale, it feels like someone told him to pick his spots, but he hasn't learned how to do it. So he yeah. just shows up four or five times a game and they're not even in the best situations possible, which is with the ball in space, that that's what he should be looking for most of the match. And, and that's why he's not... His production offensively is not as good as, as it could be. Well, with Messi, Messi is like the peak of how you can... Do, how he, you, he is the master of yeah. picking his spots. <laughs> um, Valverde is uh, saying recently that he, he, he basically walks the first few minutes, doesn't do much, yeah. he just observes. He wanders around, and then takes also, a look at the defense, yeah. how they position, how his own, his own team is positioned, and then suddenly decides... What, is, is, is it better to be on the right, on the left? That, yeah. That's the kind of freedom he gets, and that's how well he, he, he exploits it. And, you know, he has the running stats, he doesn't cover much ground, but then you look at his other stats, like his key passes, his dribbling, his shots, they're all prolific, so he's efficient. With Bale, if you want to play that way, I just think you have to be really integrated into the team to do it. Because yeah. if you're, in theory, it makes sense, but you lose so much rhythm to play that way. In the flow of the game, you lose it. You're already disconnected from your teammates a little bit. And and again, another thing we talk about off air is like to me, that's what Vinicius, though he needs to improve on that aspect in terms of, you know, kind of knowing which decisions to make, you know, when to go at players, when not to go at players. No. Just if you want to get the burnabout back on your side. You have to be involved in the flow of the yes. game. And Vinicius riling up the crowd, telling them to stand on their feet, support the team. The fans love that stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's just not in Bale. It's not in, it's not in Bale's. So, but your point about was interesting about we have not figured out how to use him. I think that's true. Like His stats are quite good. If you look at it, it's just the stats overall. Outstanding. Outstanding stats. Yes, um, yes. When, only, I, I only remember one sequence of matches in which it looked as though the team has uh, had accepted Bale as the reference mm. a couple of matches in, in which this Ronaldo season? was no, no. The, I'm talking about the the liga that we lost uh, the right right after the the 16 17 the 17 18 uh -huh. there was a few matches in a row in in April May that Bale took the lead. Mm. Um, a match he won by himself in in Vallecas against Rayo Vallecano. I remember that. That was a late header, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and one and a ball he he stole and 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 scored off it. <clears throat> and at that point, the team was playing for him every single play. Modric and Cross were looking for him all the time. Yeah. That hasn't happened again. 
he's never recovered that status. I'm also just, <laughs> I'm amazed how quickly football changes. Like yeah. even to this day, after watching it so many years and fully knowing that one week the narrative can be completely different from the previous week, I'm still amazed at how quickly it changes. Because even this season, the first few games under Lopetegui were actually encouraging. Yes. Bale was scoring. Yes. Benzema was scoring. <clears throat> um, they had a lot of possession, but it actually looked aesthetically like good. And then like two weeks after... The Roma match was amazing. Roma match was great. Um, yes. And then, I mean, I don't remember exactly the chronological order, but then they went to Bilbao. They really struggled. Yeah. Away to Sevilla, they looked completely Terrible. lost defensively. They couldn't deal with the press. And then they just, and then the classical was rock bottom, obviously, the 5 1. And, and the most important thing, uh, goals dried up. I mean, we, we had mm. started, it was fool's goal anyway. I mean, if you follow this team, you know that you can trust. <laughs> You cannot trust Benzema and Bale to be your scorers every week. I mean, yeah. if we we were discussing before how to how to improve this team to to make them consistent to win a, a La Liga title, and the first thing is that Benzema will not score every other week, and Bale won't be available for at least forty percent of the season. So, and when he's available, it takes him time to yes. get integrated again. And then yes. when he does, then we lose him. This is we've seen this movie a million times. Yes. Yeah. So, so if you start the season with a few goals by Bale and Benzema, <laughs> you may, I mean, you probably need another scorer quickly because that's gonna that's gonna dry up very very fast. And that's what happened. I mean, it's not only that the defense started to 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 suffer. Yeah. It's just that we stopped scoring completely. Yeah. We could not score, and this has been the case again in these two matches. We haven't scored. We haven't scored in 180 minutes. We create chances, yeah. but there's no finisher. Well, it's there was that 5-1 uh, against Espanyol where yes. Benzema and Vinicius were fantastic together, and then that was that whole stretch where Benzema was scoring. Yes. And I, I don't know if it was conscious or not, but there was almost like this. Okay. Well, if Benzema plays like this every week, we're fine. But then the reality is... But that's never happened. It's, it's not the reality. It's never happened. Um, There's no precedent of Benzema going like that for a full season. Ever. Um, I mean, obviously... <coughs> and and we're, we're getting to a level of uh, demand that is huge because we're expecting Benzema to be like Cristiano Ronaldo and score 50 goals a, a, a season. No, yeah. it's not that. It's not that. We would need... 25-30, he will probably score 25-30, but we need another guy like Benzema and we don't have him. Uh, I bet I, I'm trying to figure out the words to, to say this. The lack of a leader yeah. is like, I'm not sure if it's a leader beca because there are leaders on the field, but uh, you know, because sometimes I think we overthink the idea just because the team's not winning, there's no leaders. You know, sometimes you have the will, you have the passion, Ramos is great. Even Benzema is is a good example in, in a lot in a lot of ways. But that ability to just pick the team up, whether it's leadership or talent or both, that Ronaldo had. Um, you know, he, it, it was like a trump card. Yes. We do nothing all game, but if Ronaldo is not involved and the team is playing bad, he can pop up and score. Yeah. And you know that's obviously missing. I mean, we don't have to talk about it much. I think it's obvious, but. Um, we have Ajax in Sunday, Monday, on Tuesday. Tuesday, right? Yeah. We're okay there. <clears throat> no, we're not. 
<laughs> well, at least uh, Lucas Vasquez is rested. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so uh, our secret weapon uh, uh, took took Saturday off. The, I, I mean, I'm, I'm extremely concerned again because it's been proven that the opposition can 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 prevent us from scoring if they do two or three things. Ajax, Ajax didn't didn't quite stop Vinicius in, in Amsterdam. That that was the no. first the, the Benzema's first goal was was Vinicius running wrecking havoc in, in on, on the left side. And but they probably I mean they they rested because they haven't played this weekend. They've they watched both matches uh, against Barcelona and they have a very decent idea of what to do to stop us. Obviously scoring two goals there is a huge help. But I mean we need we need to work on the things that worked well against Barcelona. The high press worked better than in any other in any other moment this season. Yeah. And that's that has to do with the motivation to play against Barcelona. But if you don't get motivation to play in the Champions League, you may as well <coughs> go home. So if, if we defend well, that's half of the match right there. And my my concern is that we need to find someone who puts the ball in. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I've, before we go to questions, that reminded me. Yep. The lack of goals. Where is Mariano? <laughs> yes, I thought of it yesterday. I mean, you need to take some risks, right? And and, and this has to do with the, the with the idea that I mentioned earlier about uh, making adjustments or surprising. Obviously, uh, using Mariano as a decoy is probably not the, the, a great idea. But why don't you get Mariano on the pitch in the last half an hour? Why not? One nil down. I mean, I mean, you've already lost three nil. What's 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 going to be worse than losing again? Uh, and and you have. It was so obvious. How many how many uh, crosses did Piqué clear out yesterday? And he was by himself. There was no one. He had 14 next to clearances. Him. I checked this. 14 clearances. This is crazy. And probably eight, nine of them were headers. Mm. And he was all by himself. And Piquet, mm. the hero, Barcelona's hero. And, and he was just defending no one because Benzema was not in the box. And there was no one else uh, to head that ball. So I, I, I don't understand why we didn't take uh, the chance to, to see Mariano. And, and he always brings a. Fantastic level of energy, and well, it, it's it's obvious that Solari doesn't trust him enough. So much of Real Madrid's play has been crosses, yeah. And part of the reason why I really didn't feel like Real Madrid would score yesterday was because, especially after Bale came off, you'd see Vinicius on the left, and he'd be looking to get a cross in. And yeah. it wasn't always Vinicius; sometimes it was it was Reguilon from a different angle, yes. or. Yes. And to who? And I was like, there is Asensio and Benzema, and sometimes only one of them, tightly marked by Longley and Piquet. And I'm like, it's not going to... If it was no. Mariano, I would at least have some confidence that Mario can throw people around. Yes. Get his head on it, you know? Yes. yes. So, um, let's move to some questions. If we don't get to your question, we'll. Uh, it just means we're out of time. We'll bring it forward to the next podcast. Rohit K says, why has Madrid's game slipped since the Ajax first leg? And are we underestimating Ajax with Ramos taking a yellow as we barely got out of jail in the first leg? Well, first of all, we didn't do that well against Ajax in the first leg. I mean, we've not been playing under Solari. We had... Since the Calderon, or yes, the Wanda game. Yes, since the Wanda game, 
we haven't seen much of Real Madrid other than Vinicius mm -hmm. on the left. That that's become our go-to player, and that's pretty much all we do. And, and to be fair, Regulon too on that. Those yes. two together. Yeah, yeah. Yes, our left side has, has improved a lot, but yeah. I mean, we need a lot more from Modric, Cross, from 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 other players who are stars, and and they're not showing that right now. Um, and uh, the yellow card thing is just a, a, a terrible chain of decisions, uh, which has ended up with Ramos losing two matches instead of one. Um, yeah. The, it indeed, was lack of, of respect, and the way the team is right now, they need Ramos on the pitch as much as possible. Yeah. And we we probably thought we probably were too optimistic, thinking that <laughs> that the next round was guaranteed. I and, and it is. Yeah. Obviously, the two game suspension is a disaster. But even at the time when he did it on purpose, which I didn't know he did it on purpose until he actually said it afterwards and when he tried to backtrack, um, to me, even that was really risky. Because I don't think it's crazy that Ajax scored two goals in the Bernabeu. No. Plus, plus, what if, let's say, the unthinkable Varane's injured or something too? That's even more, I mean, that could perfectly happen because yeah. Varane gets injured a lot. Yeah. And that would make things. Uh, yes, yeah. it's a terrible decision. Right? Yeah. What can we say? And and the fact that Ramos spoke afterwards is just. Uh, Ramos has never been the sharpest knife in the kitchen, but this goes beyond anything he's done earlier. Yeah, uh, Rafael Servia says, "Ciao, Bale. Not putting all these losses on Bale, but really, it's time for him to go. Inconsistent and overpaid." Great when he shows up, but if you can't count on him, what's the point? Time to move on and bring in a striker who can finish. We kind of talked about this. Do you have anything to add? Yes, this is the, reli the reliability issue. And, and mm. I think he's added the, 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 probably the most concerning thing from Bale. If, if he wanted, in the, in the event he wanted to stay at, at Madrid, which, which is obviously doubtful, uh, the fact that he's, uh, he's obviously out of uh, favor with, with the Bernabeu. Yeah. Yeah. And with those some were some of his loud whistles when he came up yes, yesterday. Uh, that's that's really hard to come back from. Mm. Um, we have we. I mean, you've been a social since before I was born, right? Ninety-five. <laughs> no, okay, not that, not that. <laughs> but ninety-five is a long time. Yeah. Can you think of? I know. I know that in the past, Ronaldo and Raúl have been booed. Zidane has been booed. Yes. But can you think of someone who has been booed to such extremes? And has bounced back and won won the crowd back. Guti, yes. Guti, Guti. <laughs> but the thing is, with Guti was kind of, I mean, you never thought he was gonna leave. Mm. I mean, you booed Guti, and he was just kind of father reprimanding us. Ah, it was like love. It was like a exactly. love. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not. Uh, even though there was a huge level of despise in, in some in some cases, but. But yes, he was divisive and he stayed until the very end. And he came back from that and he had fantastic seasons yeah. and terrible seasons. Yeah. And that was good. Uh, but someone who's not from from the Cantera, from the youth teams, it is tough it's to, hard. to think of someone who's come back from that. There was never this level of bitter with Zidane or with... No, no. It was very temporary with those guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> Brendan Powers says Vidal is a prick. And actually, it's funny because his question has nothing to do with that. That's just the subject of his question. So he just wanted to get that in. Uh, he says, I didn't think the game was that bad for the team. It's hard to beat Barca, especially when they have one of the greatest of all time in their lineup most weeks. Signs are definitely encouraging for next season, even with a new manager. Okay. Um, from what I read, Allegri might be out at Juve. Do you think Zidane will replace him? 
And what are the chances of Allegri getting the Madrid job? If Pac is unattainable, doesn't seem like a bad choice. Where does he rank on your guys' list of managers for next season? Well, this is the most optimistic appraisal of our situation I've heard in, yeah. in the last few weeks. It was it's actually good. a nice breath of fresh air. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I got yes. some second wind. Yes, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> um, well, I, uh, he's got a few, a few very good points, which is we, we have found a, a few players that can be very use, useful in the next few seasons, not only next season, but a, for, for a few seasons. Mm. That has to do with Solari. Solari is has to take this this merit because he's, he's he's made a few decisions, personal decisions that were not easy. Starting Reguilón or starting or subbing cross with Fede Valverde are pretty ballsy, courageous decisions. Yeah. Yes, um, and we should mention that Fede was. We were both impressed with Fede yes, yesterday. I really like his energy yeah. and his vibe. Uh, but going back to the coaches, it's this is probably the most obvious example of lack of planning this, this team has. Uh, if you choose Solari, I mean, a, a, a Brazilian poet, poet used to say that make this eternal while it lasts. Mm. And let's make Solari eternal while it lasts. Don't, don't say it's just until the end of the season. Don't say it's just uh, six months and then extend it. I think you because, have to look at it that way. Yeah. Because if you do that, he never gets full control the players will always think that well, there's so, there's going to be someone else next season. So why would I impress this guy? And that's probably why he's had to resort to some drastic measures like dropping Marcelo altogether, or not, or or leaving Isco out of the team for weeks and weeks, because he didn't have the authority from the club. So he had to do it with his own day-to-day decisions. Um, Allegri, I mean, Allegri, Pochettino. It's just, do I see them at Real Madrid? Uh, I mean, the coach of Juventus playing for playing Real Madrid. I mean, obviously, we we're not uh, the the possession obsessed team, but we're not Juventus either. Mm. We're not the defensive machine. We've always enjoyed a, a bit of happiness in our play. Sure. That's that's. It's not. I I I, I don't really. I'm not really excited about having an Italian coach as Allegri coaching us, and and this is the problem that throwing names around and, and see if we can sign the best huge coach, uh, top level, whatever. I, I think is the wrong. We need to decide on what model we we follow, and we I think we have one very clear for the last for when Zidane coached, and and that's what we should do, and we should find a coach that fits that profile. Allegri is. Is a really, really good tactician, versatile manager. Yes. I think if he, and you know, to Juventus's credit, they've gotten to two finals in the past. I, I don't know, five, six they years. They lost to Barcelona. They lost to Real. Two in the last four. Yeah. Two in the last four. Yes. And very close to overturning that three-nil deficit from Turin last yes. season, of course, famously. Um, yeah. If he, if Real Madrid put in the performance in the Wanda that Juventus did. They would have wanted Allegri gone immediately if that was. But I think with Pochettino, it kind of you can talk yourself into it because he's a fantastic man manager, very good tactician, and he's an Espanol guy. Yeah. So he's an ally. Yeah. And so there are things that I think you. I, I I see him as a really good option this summer. But I'm really glad 
that you brought up that point about Solaria, but we have to think of him as a permanent manager. And that's why I never really understood why there was so much criticism with giving him a long-term contract. Because you have to give him a vote of confidence. You have to send a message to the players. It doesn't yes. mean he's going to see out that contract. But you, yes. can't, you can't say, okay, you're here for a few months. Um, good luck and getting the respect work, of the players. It doesn't work either if you give him the contract and then start undermining him with the media and, and filtering, just slipping uh, comments about who other coaches you're talking to. And that's exactly what's happening. So yeah. it's <clears throat> either you trust someone you should trust someone until the very until you've already decided who's the replacement. But, but in the meantime, this doesn't help. Let's do these ones rapid fire. Willie Reed says it's pretty painful to get continually dominated by your rivals. Besides the fool's goal of the Supercopa a year and a half ago, we've been lucky to get a point off of Barca. I mean, Supercopa was yes, it was a mirage. It <laughs> wasn't real. It wasn't real. Um, PK was. Yes, you know, that's, that's when PK said that he'd never felt so inferior to Real Madrid in, in his life. Yeah. And, and, and that since was then, the end of the domination. That, was, yeah, right that, that his statement ended the domination. Yeah. Yes. Um, it lasted two games. Vinod Baratula says Who would you guys bring back, Raul de Tomas or Maya Rao for next season? <laughs> Raul. Raul is Raul. really good. Raul is good. Yeah. I've been good. really impressed with him at Rayo. I mean, Maya is an average striker for a. Primera Division team, that's it's fine. It's not a Real Madrid player. I'm tempted to say he might be below average. He might be, yes. But he he's, sometimes he might surprises be you with a decent player. Yeah, yeah. But Raúl is uh, is a lot more complete. His shot is extremely powerful yeah. from from distance. He moves all the time. He's always uh, he's kind of the David. I'm, uh, this is a, a very, very generous comparison, but it's kind of the David Villa of, of your mm. uh, always pestering defenders always. And, and going to body to body with them. It's, it's good. I, what I like about him at Rayo is that, you know, Rayo is not a great team, obviously, and he doesn't get much service, if any, but he can create on his own. Yes. Um, so, you know, we kind of label him as this traditional nine, but he's actually quite, quite good at getting his own shots and. And, you know, we talk about Mariano getting in the end of crosses. Raul de Thomas has a very yes. excellent knack for doing that as well. Um, Kevin Redmond says, hey, guys, this being a week to forget is an understatement. Quick question. What is Fede Valverde's ceiling for his potential? And what should our realistic expectations to be for him going forward? Hala, Mari. Well, uh, I think he's got, like Marcos Llorente, he, they both have a lot more... Uh, ways of playing than, than, than you would think at the beginning. You, they surprise you when you see them play for a while. They have more offensive resources than, than one would think. And uh, they, they can pass the ball long, short. They, they have lots of stamina. I mean, I think they're midfielders. They're, they both are midfielders for the next five, ten years. I'm, I'm really, really optimistic about them. If they nurture these two guys, we have a very decent midfield in, in the next decade. Well, it's amazing because we, excuse me, we often talk about the depth that Madrid has at that position. Yeah. And sometimes we just, you know, until recently, we kind of forgot to mention Valverde. We talked about Ceballos, Kovacic, and all these guys who Madrid. The thing is, <clears throat> to me, that's not depth yet. He can give you a good half an hour. You see it more of as a half. promise than a... Yes, yeah. it, it's still, I mean, he, 
they need uh, that's why I say they should nurture them because they're still not ready to to carry the team for for a, for a stretch of the season sure. if Cross or Modric are injured. They will give you a couple of good matches here and there, and, and but you cannot trust them to to run the team. And that's when you have depth, you have people on the bench that can run the team if you need them to. That we're not there yet, but again, if Solari keeps giving them minutes, uh, they should be absolutely fine. It's a very talented guy. Um, last question, or it's more of a statement, um, and it's it's a long one from Ahmed, but to Ahmed Al Mayat here, one of our patrons. Uh, but to summarize, he makes the point that maybe we even underestimated somehow Ronaldo's departure. Yeah. Um, we're yes. miss we're missing his leadership and his 50 goals, um, and uh, we also just need to acknowledge that <clears throat> Rome wasn't built overnight. He says, and this is a transition year, and. And you know this was a tricky game, and Barcelona goes to another gear against Real Madrid, and failed not enough. So that's my I, I try to summarize. It's quite a long paragraph, but anything to add? No, I read it, but yeah, uh, uh, there's all very good, valid reasons to explain what happened. But losing to Barcelona is never acceptable. <laughs> so um, we there's plenty of of course we underestimated Ronaldo's weight, especially because. Uh, uh, Decent amount of people were completely fed up with this, with his uh, complaints, and 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 obviously that that Ronaldo has that reputation issue, which is that he's never as admired or as loved as as his numbers would demand. No, he wasn't. Uh, and <clears throat> and of, of course, some may feel may have felt relief when he left, and that, and it's now turned to pain because yeah, we we do miss him dearly. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's there's a number of obviously there's a number of issues, but I think we we should have done better last night. We should have had something else off our hat to surprise Barcelona, and, and that that wasn't quite there. And 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 you mentioned it, you tweeted it from from the Bernabeu. Uh, the stadium felt felt deflated, yeah. and, and that's something I've never felt against Barcelona, not even in the two six. Not even in, in in very tough defeats, the stadium. At least they were. We were mad. We were yeah. yelling. We were screaming. We were. Yeah. But there was a sense of resignation. Yes, this time. Th yeah. that's that's what's unacceptable. Resignation after losing five times in the last six matches at home to Barcelona. That that. I mean, we should not accept this. Well, I so I was even because I was outside the stadium before the game, and I. For big games, I like to stay outside before I go in a little longer, yeah. just to enjoy the atmosphere. And for a big game, usually it's crazy outside. Yes. And then this this one wasn't as much, but at the same time, I was like, well, the perspective is this is the third classical. Yes. And but then I thought back to that nightmare season. I don't remember what year it was now, where we played them in the Champions League twice. Yes. And it, it but it still felt crazy at that time, you know. So. It was, yeah. you know, it was last night's uh, atmosphere was bizarre yeah. and, and quite telling of the situation we're at and that whatever happens on Tuesday with Ajax, we, we need to make a few moves yeah. uh, because <coughs> the resignation is not an option. Yeah. Um, last thing, uh, our last podcast, someone asked us a question, have you uh -huh. ever seen Florentino Perez without a suit on? No. Exactly. No. 
And so we scoured the internet. I found one by Googling uh, Florentino Perez vacation. He was wearing a polo okay. shirt. And uh, this... He was wearing a polo shirt? On a, on a vacation, <laughs> yeah. So Jose Benavides, one of our patrons, posted on our Patreon page, go have a look. And I can't click on it and show you because I don't have internet here. But um, he found a picture with Florentino without a suit on a yacht. And Marco Asensio was also in the picture as a boy. Uh, that's when he was uh, when yeah. he was stuck into the water. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Have you seen that picture? No, no. no I yeah. heard of the negotiation. I didn't know there was a picture of it, but apparently there is. So go check it out on our Patreon, patreon.com slash managingmadrid. Eduardo, thank you. I'm just glad that this is amazing weather. I just, yes. I can't believe it. It's a it's a beautiful day in Madrid. It, yeah. It's been like this for the last ten days. And Eduardo's wearing his his Real Madrid jacket. Yes. Very proud. This is yes. this is the support we need the day after to make us feel better. Okay, thank you everybody for listening, and uh, thank you Eduardo for doing this. And My welcome pleasure. welcome to the Managing Madrid team. We're all excited to read your articles on a weekly thank you basis. Very much. And go check out Eduardo's work at La Liga Fever. Liga Fever Liga is Fever. LigaFever.com and at Alvarez on Twitter, right? Yep. Yeah. I'm amazed that you got that Twitter handle. Uh, it's not I have taken. friends in high places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening and Hala Madrid. Thank you.